I'm a I'm a pretty girl. I'm a pretty 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 girl. Mm, I'm a pretty girl. You're listening to the Gimme Five Podcast, episode two oh eight. This is a side B episode. podcast it is bi-weekly comes out twice a week and not every we review week. stuff <laughs> yeah we uh review stuff we review new stuff and we review old stuff this being a side b episode is where we're going to review some old stuff my name is halam that's h-a-l-a-a-m all capital and I for- yeah i forget why i named it that uh, <laughs> hung as large as a moose. Yeah, that's what it is. Hung as large as a moose. Uh, and I'm joined by GTOFG. Get to fog. Uh, hi. I don't. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Uh, you are the guy that only fucks goats. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> and Dwaichia. Uh, that's me. I'm Dwight Chia. That's a dude with a carrot in his ass. <laughs> uh, do you have a camera in my room, Greg? <laughs> no, but I I know your penchant for having sex with vegetables. Mm. Tradesies. <laughs> yeah. They don't fight back. So this is a side B episode. We are going Let's to talk go about check. Chud. Jesus. We are going to talk about Chud. That's C H U D. Uh, what is it? Cannibal, cannibalistic humanoids, underground under, dwellers, under dwellers. Yes, or <laughs> chemical. Oh my uh, gosh! It was chemical uh, housing and urban development. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Contaminated hazard urban dumping or something. Oh there, yeah, con- yeah, contaminated. Ha- yeah, so we'll get to that. Okay, that's good. That was good. That was good. Yes. Uh, and of course, after we are done talking about that movie, we will take from that movie a question for our top five question, and we will answer that. So, being that this movie came out, shit, what, 30 some odd years ago, um, we're probably going to ruin it. But, I mean, in all honesty, are we really ruining it? Because I think at least one of us did not finish the movie. So, you're welcome. Yeah, that, that, that was it. We can, we can go on. That was your spoiler warning. Okay. I was looking up what Chud, the, all the actual things Chud makes, and I had my, my thing muted. Oh, so. what does Chud make? Uh, well, I got the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. I, I didn't get a chance to copy paste the other one, so um, I'm I still have not gotten to that. I have it in my notes somewhere. Just my notes are a little crazy because I, there's actually two 10 minute documentaries on uh, YouTube about this movie that I watched, oh, really? and one of them clearly watched the other one to make their documentary because it's exactly the same information just stated differently. <laughs> <laughs> So it kind of screwed up my notes because I was like, you know, I made spaces for things, and then I realized that everything was duplicate. So, or there's just not a lot to stay, say about Chud, which bodes poorly for us. So, anyway, Chud, let's do this. Uh, the um, movie came out on August 31st of 1984. It was directed by Douglas Cheek. It actually had a pretty decent cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people that had either been stars in the past, uh, became stars soon thereafter, or a little bit of both. So um, John Hurd, who you might remember as the dad from uh, Home Alone. Uh, yep. Daniel Stern, who you might remember as the criminal from Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Although they never actually were – they were not in any scenes together in Home Alone. Correct. But they were in some scenes together in this. Uh, Christopher Curry. 
Kim Greist, who was the love interest in Brazil. Uh, and there's a bunch of other people, but the if you scroll just a little bit down, you can find uh, John Goodman in one of his very early roles in this Chud movie. Mm-hmm. He walked in. I'm like, holy shit, is that John Goodman? <laughs> He's super young. And, in this. Yeah. It's so and fun. Thin. Or so, thinner. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis of this movie, a bizarre series of sudden disappearances on the streets of New York City seems to point towards something unsavory living in the sewers. So, go ahead. What are your guys' initial thoughts on this? Okay. This Yeah, go for it. This movie kind of jumps around a bit. It makes leaps of logic to get people where they need to be. And has it is odd because it also has very direct and to the point conversations. Like they couldn't have done that in the conversations. They're just like, Oh, well, you know, this happened and this happened. So, you know, it might mean this. So maybe I should walk over here to this place and check out underneath the couch. And it's like, how the fuck did you figure that out? What are you talking about? Um, but for me, the biggest thing about this movie was that there's literally no resolution at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's one of those movies where it just like kind of ends. And they're like, you know what? We're done. Let's call it a day. Wrap it up, everybody. Let's go home. <laughs> like, okay, so, so we, we will cover all that. Omar, what you got? Um, the uh, two, two things. The way that they use music is very, it's like too much. It's a little bit too much. Like every scene has, I don't know, maybe I'm just nitpicking, but the, 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 the way that the music was, and it's all just like one long organ note or whatever. Nice, uh, nice synth hit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But they're like for the entirety of scenes. And I think they're, you, you, in my opinion, you really don't see the monsters very much, especially at first. You go through a huge chunk of the movie with almost nothing happening. And I think mm-hmm. they were using the music to add suspense where there wasn't going to be any. Um, well, I think after Halloween came out and had the, the nice synth soundtrack where it had that that squee sound, like you guys know what I'm talking about, yeah. like when they show Mike Myers on the screen. Uh, every one of the, Every horror movie really went heavy on the synth. Um, I actually like this soundtrack a lot for the most part. Um, there's a few, there's a few scenes. I'm like, Ooh, I gotta find that's that song on the score. Um, you mean like I, the, the, just like the background music kind of stuff or the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there was one, it was towards the end. I think it, it was right before it was somewhere along the time when the, the van I think was parked on top of the sewer great yeah there was uh and just kind of interesting nice driving synth song got it okay it's kind of dark and got it got it and i was like oh i kind of like that <clears throat> so uh yeah i i found this movie interesting i enjoyed it but i don't know if it was for the reasons that it I, like that i should have enjoyed it i th- i think enjoyed is a strong term <laughs> agreed <laughs> Uh, there were, I mean, I definitely had a lot of laughs while I was watching it, but it was mainly because of the poor planning of the movie. And it was weird that for like a lot of the, uh, as, as direct and to the point as a lot of the conversations were, they managed to leave a lot of shit out. Um, like as, as, um, as the cop was wandering around underground and he was trying to interview some people who who knew about people that were missing or whatever. Uh Daniel Stern's character takes him over to this one guy and he's like, "Yeah, he knows where, you know, he he knows about it. He's the only one. Blah 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 blah. You should go talk to him." And he's like, "Uh, you know, be careful. You know, he's he's a little uh he's a little off, but you know, be careful." Well, the dude walks over and reaches out to shake his hand and the guy damn near stabs him in the hand. And Daniel Stern is like, "Well, I told you to be careful." Like, asshole, you couldn't have mentioned he was armed? What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously? But yeah, I mean... The, I like the whole playing thing. small pranks on my coworkers. Yeah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That land the, me in the, the hospital. The whole... Yeah. And it, it it seemed like they were trying to do a... 
a um I I got the feeling that they were doing like a class commentary, but then it kind of got lost somewhere. Like people don't care about the the sewer dwellers or whatever. But then well, somewhere that, that along kind of like I think they could have so could have done something really interesting with that without mm-hmm. like not necessarily class commentary, but like the sewer dwellers they didn't really push this much, but like all of this stuff happening, the suits can't figure out what to do with it, and the sewer dwellers are like, just let us handle this. We, we'll deal with you're, this. You're out of you're you're out of our league. Or like this is our dominion, and then like have that could have been I think a better story where mm-hmm. the suits the suits like fail. Like okay, who can do this? Well, if there's people living down there, okay, maybe let's, let's they know let them the, defend their homes. Let's let them defend them, and then at the end kind of pull the whole like Rambo thing where he gets pissed off at his generals or whatever, where the, <laughs> where the suits like had promised them something and then are like rene- renege and, and piss off the, the homeless folks, which if this movie did well, could have, that could have been the sequel, you know? But so I'm also still not sure what the, uh, the point of John Hurt in the movie was. Because he seemed like he was the star, but he really like didn't do anything. Yeah, well, let's. I, I we'll, we'll definitely get to that. I want to kind of start a little bit earlier than okay. his because Go for it. Uh, the opening sequence with the the dog walker. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that was actual. That was Daniel Stern's wife. Yeah, in Gloria real life, Matos. and still is Daniel uh, Stern's wife, which is kind of interesting. Because um, she should have been like, "You made me be in that movie." <laughs> I still can't get the Stuart smell the the sewer smell out of my hair. Um, so it starts off, you know, with a um, woman walking a dog. A sewer grate opens as you. I noticed you were like, "Well, that has to be pretty loud." Yeah, um, because she's walking the dog down the street. The sewer grate like pries off, and a hand reaches out and grabs her. But she made no reaction, like she heard anything until the thing grabbed her ankle. Yeah, well, maybe she had her uh, ear pods in in 1984. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. This movie was what 84. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it drags her. It drags her. She, of course, gets brought into the sewer and drags the dog with her. Thanks a lot, lady. <laughs> Could have let go. Like the, the dog's like the hell, man. <laughs> Leaving only a shoe, and then it it cuts. It does cut to the next day. I thought that the the long drawn out scene of the street sweeper slowly getting to the shoe and sucking it up and, you know, removing all above ground traces of her was kind of interesting, but mm-hmm. a little too long. It was, I was just going to say it was a bit too long. It was a, it was a cool scene though, but I mean too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're introduced to what theoretically is our heroes, the photographer boyfriend. Who's a total and, dick. Yeah. Who is John Hurd, right? Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend, who is the model, so I'm the model, and he's the photographer. Um, so go ahead. This is uh, John Hurd. So he, yeah, he really didn't have much of a point. I mean, he really didn't. I mean, I get that he was like the star of the movie, but I don't know why. Because Daniel Stern was the one who was really kind of doing everything. I think he was. He was supposed to be like the everyman, but he wasn't. You know, the, and, the character that you're supposed to like see eye to eye with, but he was such a dick that you're like, no. Right, and he kind of ended up in the sewer with Daniel Stern, isn't that right? Yeah, I believe so. After he went down there with the, uh, after John Hurd went down there with the fake action star who got eaten. Um, <laughs> fake action star. Well, he, he was holding a gun and jumping around every corner like he was in a fucking action yeah. movie. I was like, what is he doing? He didn't have a um, He didn't have much of a point either, actually. But he was... He was literally a total jerk to his girlfriend. Yeah. And then she got a job, and they went on this job, and he's, like, intentionally trying to torpedo the job for her. Yeah. I thought that like, was, like, so uncomfortable. He was, like, taking pictures, and he's like, oh, yes, they'll love it. Who who buys this schlock? This is so gay. I don't understand why, you know, they they want to sell this, this shit to people. Yes, let's put your, more... Let's they put need more your naked body... Shit. So they need your naked body to sell to, their uh, shit. Oh, yeah. it's like what the because it smells terrible. And the ma- the the owners and the the people who are who are doing the doing the job are standing there listening to him. 
And she's like, shut the fuck up, would you? Was that supposed to be conveying, like, was he angry at that? Or was he supposed to be, like, jealous that, like, that she was naked? Like, what the hell was that whole thing about? Like, I couldn't tell I mean, if he was, was really angry. Tra- he didn't want her doing the job. That's what, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I, that, okay, that's what I thought. He was just. But, I, I mean, couldn't tell. she's a model. That's her freaking job. But, the, so, like, were we supposed to be, like, on his side or not at that point? We were like, yeah. I certainly Like, who, who's, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here? Because he's, he's the asshole. Yeah. But that's the thing is the tone of this movie. That's another thing I want to say. Like, it's so odd. It takes itself, first of all, very, very seriously considering. Mm-hmm. And, and especially the beginning. That's why I'm asking with, like, that character. I didn't even get... Like, I got that he was jealous or whatever, angry that she was doing it, but then he went off in this, like, other weird direction. I don't know. Whatever. Now, I have a question based on this. So, were you at any point scared or emotionally moved or have any suspense? No. No. While watching this? No. No. Not at all. Yeah. Even some of the scenes that I think they put in there, just because they thought it was suspenseful... I was actually watching the scene going, why is she even fucking there? <laughs> like the scene where she where she found the sewer, or she found the sewer grate in the basement, and she's like, oh, what's in here? And she's lifting it up and shining the flashlight and trying to get down into the sewer. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. When you live in an apartment yeah. building, do you normally go into the basement yeah. and just start inspecting the sewer entrance? Hey guys, is that a sewer? <laughs> let's, let's shoot oh, down there real quick. What's down there? What's happening? <laughs> My I mean, lawyer says like I'm not she... supposed to answer that question on recording, so I'm just going to... Fair enough. You back demur. out gracefully. I mean, yeah. and it's not like she knew at that point that anything was happening in the sewer. So yeah, I I've... was totally confused as to why she was going into the sewer. I'm like, what is she doing? I found myself more, like, uh, unsettled by the state of New York in the early 80s and late 70s. <laughs> and, like... Just the idea of, of, you know, like if you look at, there's there's a, I think Columbia Film School or something had a thing where they went to a lot of the locations of these places. Mm-hmm. And like, it's amazing. It's, you know, some of these locations are million dollar apartments in real estate now. Like multi-million dollar real mm-hmm. estate. And that's you know, only 20 years later or stuff. And it's it's just fascinating when you watch these movies. They every single one of these movies that are shot in New York around this time period, they all look like a snuff film. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, what was the one that we wa- we went to the thing and watched with the the guy that lived in the the apartment with all the mannequins? Mannequin. Uh, we watched. No, it was no, it was the one at the Enzian that we went and saw. Uh, Maniac. Oh, okay. Like just some of those, just the I don't know, it's the film quality, it's the the locations, things like that, and um, so I was more, I guess, moved by that. And I think the only other moment that I was like had any emotional involvement was when the dude was being a dick to her. Yeah, like, you're gonna ruin her life. Well, and That's a good and point, looking yeah. at New York in the '70s and '80s and everything that was going on, that was one of the other things that I didn't understand with this movie because they made such a big point about it. They're like, why does a bag lady want a gun? I'm like, why not? Wait, I don't understand why that is a big focus right now. <laughs> We've got missing people, and you're worried about why a bag lady wants a gun. That's what you don't understand? Because really? she got robbed on the walk to the station three times. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, That's... what are you talking about? Why? But they, they, I mean, do you remember that? I mean, they focused on that so much in the first mm-hmm. half of the movie. You know, why does the bag lady want a gun? That's not the right question. Yeah, what it's are you getting talking about? it's getting so bad that they're just grabbing for our guns for their own safety. But it was it was just so. Uh, yeah, it was. It was the focus of like the first third of the movie. <laughs> just this girl, this woman trying to get a gun. Why did he run to bail her out so quick? I didn't get that. I thought she was like his, like a family member or something. They but, they never explained it. They, right? But at first, I'm I assuming it was like... that she was a contact for something. But it, I mean, it's it's one of the many loose threads in this movie that they're like, "Oh, he's got to go get her out." Why? Oh, well, fuck it. We don't need to. We don't need to go into that. Let's <laughs> let, move along. Move along. Don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? 
Well, he literally leaves his job just after yeah. he's, he's yelling leaves at his, his girlfriend. girlfriend. He leaves her. And, and he doesn't even say anything. You can't just yell, hey, emergency, while you're running out the door, you know? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Dude's a dick. <laughs> so, there is and, a bunch. Uh, I haven't heard the term bag lady in a while. In fact, mm-hmm. since the 80s, to be honest. Um, so, there is a, a very large uh, homeless contingent in this movie and one did you notice the makeup on the homeless people was like just like really really dark mm-hmm. like they all look like chimney sweeps yeah versus they were all so people. yeah yeah i noticed that too like and did you notice the other thing that they did as far as um trying to make it seem like it was dirty and grungy for new york in the 70s and 80s they kind of went over the top on sweat stuff. did you notice oh, yeah. that especially daniel stern yeah <laughs> yes. Well, but even even the cop that like followed him down into the sewer, he came out of the police station and and had like a friggin' waterfall underneath his armpits. I'm like, what is going on? It is really hot did, outside. Did literally every single one of us make note of Daniel Stern being sweaty on our notes? I I, I don't remember if I wrote it down, but I definitely yeah. Yeah, okay. I wrote dude from Home Alone is sweaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is he so gross? <laughs> but he he always I mean, was even when they went to that meeting with all those high up important people he never changed and the his sweat shirt. stains never changed did you notice that no I, no I didn't. well i i do like that he was able to get off the streets even if he had to do to turn to a life of crime and mess with the poor little kevin in his house yes oh nice, con- it's nice. A, this is actually a prequel to it's home a prequel. Alone. It's a, they're connected same universe yeah yep wow so we got Daniel Stern as the actor, which we talked about. Um, we talked about John Goodman and, and John Hurd. Uh, what about the, the the chuds in general? Like, what did what did you think of those? Not not terrible for for early eighties. I mean, they were very obviously plastic masks, but it was I couldn't it find was a much decent design. I couldn't find much about the design of them, but the I did okay. It's not entirely true. I found drawings of the original design. They were ma- way more animalistic mm-hmm. looking. Uh, longer arms and I don't want to say Swamp Thing, but kind of like Swamp Thing had sex with a chud, which I would watch. <laughs> that awesome. sounds like a good time. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> One of y'all needs to get married because that's a bachelor party idea right there. <laughs> gonna get me a chud and a swamp thing and y'all are gonna watch them fuck oh my god um wow any anyway (laughs) the uh uh yeah they have the the i don't even remember what i was saying anymore oh like the design yeah so they look a little more animalistic but when they actually created them they're they went with more of like a melting kind of mutant look with glowing eyes Mm-hmm. Things like that. They they really don't look anything like humans, but I think they were they were human. They're supposed yeah, to be humans were, that got into Toxic Avengers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, yeah, because there's that whole subplot with the toxic waste in Manhattan, and they mm-hmm. can't move it because of some paperwork snafu or something. <laughs> what a great reason what... to leave nuclear waste under a major city. It's only eight million people. What could go wrong? I, I, I love me a nice uh, bureaucracy subplot in a horror movie. <laughs> a horror movie that, that punctuates the, the scary actually, scenes with boardroom meetings. I think the meetings. horror movie was the subplot. I think the movie was actually a bureaucracy movie. Uh, ah, oh. There was a, they spent a significant amount of time in that, um, boardroom. that boardroom. boardroom. And yeah. I know this. And I know this because I went to go do something in the other room and my dog had... Um, sat on the remote and started it up like playing again because I'd paused it and it went through that whole sequence and I had to rewind all the way back through it and I was like oh like I was rewinding while watching it I'm like oh my god this is still going on <laughs> yeah like this is like it's it's a very long <laughs> and it's so detailed it's boring it's like you you lose interest you, you... <laughs> I don't remember what they were talking about. They were talking about this is where you, they determined that there was like nuclear waste under there, right? Oh yeah, they had just seen the. Uh... Um, no, this is where they were talking oh, where about he was... people disappearing, and he was trying to get them to go down there and do something. He he said that he knew something was going on because they found the Geiger counter and they found like pieces of um, the suits or whatever. Gotcha. 
But the guy, oh, the the one guy does admit uh, to the uh, whatever spill, but it's after Daniel Stern leaves, if I recall correctly. He's already gone. Just the police mm-hmm. captain is there with with those with with. There was four of them, but I don't remember who they all were. But that is when and, it's first. And revealed. how often can a police captain dictate what's going to happen to the FBI? I I noticed that too. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I was like, uh, I'm not sure that's how that works. <laughs> I'm no expert on the chain of command, but uh <laughs> Oh, you're not even in the same you're not even in the same like organization. That was crazy. That was really funny. Well like okay, so there's the one dude that has the severe leg wound. Which he's living in a sewer. <laughs> it looks extraordinarily infected when they show it to. They too. showed it to him and I'm like, uh that guy needs to go to a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> You need to pour some of that peanut butter whiskey directly onto that wound. Oh, there you go. Let that um, Robitussin get in there. <laughs> and then, of course, the, the the other part of the boardroom scene is they're like, well, I've got pictures of this stuff, and here's my friend's wound. Like, you don't – I can't really blame the business dudes for being like, well, he has a very large open wound on his leg, and he's living in a shit-filled sewer. sewer so I don't know why this is concerning to you. Get him to a doctor. Right. Yeah. You have other management priorities at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But for the whole movie, Daniel Stern's character is like way over the top. Like he overreacts to like everything. Even when the cop first shows up, he goes to the cops to ask for help. The cop shows up to help and he's like, why do you even care, man? It's like, dude, you asked me to fucking come down here. What's your deal? <laughs> Did you did you catch that at all? all? Yeah. Like I can totally see why they could look at this role and be like, yeah, we need to hire him for the guy that gets like a iron dropped on his head. <laughs> yeah. Or like a, a blowtorch or a tarantula, I forget who gets what in Home Alone. But <laughs> cuz I actually have not seen Home Alone. I know. What? Wait, what? That can't be right. I haven't all not all the way through. Is it I've also you're a communist? Interesting. I've also not seen Christmas Story all the way through. I don't. I've seen it. I've seen it. Christmas Story. Yeah, you've not seen. Because every time I turn it on, it's like halfway through, and I just I'll finish watching it, but I've never seen the movie start to finish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're both like incredulous. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I believe you. I'm Jewish. You have no reason Dipshits. to lie, <laughs> and you're a fucking heathen. How? What? <laughs> What? You participate in Christmas, though, don't you? You're not allowed to say I'm Jewish. I do. I do enjoy me some Christmas. Don't you get a treat? No, boy. Have you seen Elf? You're not allowed to use the excuse I'm Jewish when it comes to Christmas if you participate in Yes, Christmas. I've seen Elf. Well, you've seen Elf, so there you go. And the other ones are Well, that's older. because What's-Her-Face is adorable. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Zoe. Yeah, Zoe Dishman. Yeah. The Claymation Zoe. one? Call me Zoe. <laughs> yes, I probably have. Yeah, that's good stuff. Really? I've I've, I've seen Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, but that's you, mostly like in school. You like, sir, hum- you sir, are not right. It's just <laughs> no one ever accused me of being right. It, let's it's just uh, shocking. Go to, it's just shocking. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to the makeup mistake you have on here. I I I did. This was something that I noticed, and I appreciated it because I'm like, you know that that's a really underused tactic because nobody wants to f up their makeup right but when was the last time that you actually saw like a makeup mistake on screen and what the one i'm talking about is she was at her modeling job and the lady was doing her makeup and her boyfriend leaves and to punctuate the fact that she was she was distraught or she was upset that he was leaving she jerks her head to the side to see him walking out and the the person doing her makeup draws like a, a lipstick liner line across her cheek because she like whips her head to the side. And it's like, OK, that was well done. And it's very underused. I, I really think that there's a lot of other places that that could have that that does work. Um, I mean, but think about it. How how much does it punctuate like like some some crazy girl standing there drawing drawing lipstick in a circle with her fist? around her mouth 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at that and you go, this bitch is crazy. What the <laughs> fuck I wish is we were going able, on? I wish, I wish we were able to, like, do that. Kind of, like, it'd be too hard for us to do this kind of thing as a, in a podcast, but, like, little things like that. The thing that always, ca- like, catches me with movies mm-hmm. is whenever someone coughs in a movie, like, no one coughs in a movie. And if they do cough, you know they're dying of some sort of horrible disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't make it out. They're they're not making it out alive if they cough. Yeah. yeah. Or, or if they announce that they're pregnant in the movie. Depends on the type of movie on that one. They're not making it out. <laughs> like this movie, yeah. But... <laughs> chud Baby. Chud. I would totally... Like, how about a non-horror movie with a Chud Baby that's like a like a comedy? It, like a sitcom-style comedy. Like it already exists. It's called baby. Ghoulies. Yeah. Oh, uh, good point. No, I want like sitcom style, like live studio audience and everything, like like, like Alf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the chud baby like, wants to eat the cat. <laughs> the 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 uh, nosy redheaded neighbor, that, like, is always trying to get a picture of the chud baby. Oh right, mm-hmm. but they always successfully hide it at the last minute. We always we always just burn our good ideas right here, <laughs> Hollywood. If you're listening, chud baby, it's printing money. Chud baby. Uh huh. Um, okay. So basically this horrible evil, uh, uh, corporation dumped a bunch of sewage under or nuclear waste under New York. It mutated a bunch of homeless people into cannibals. It's basically a documentary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. The cannibals, uh, at one point decide to attack a woman in the shower the main character actually the model lady oh she's not really a main character but you well, but they make it seem like she is they didn't really ad- and oh my god i was so terrible on this scene because she's we apo- the- we are going to apologize okay first yeah. of all we're going to apologize in advance for rob second of all there's literally no other thing you could think i was like what <laughs> the um the she's in the shower and the shower starts to clog up so she reaches out She's already made the announcement she's pregnant. She reaches out and grabs a coat hanger. And I'm like, are you doing a coat hanger abortion in the shower? What the fuck is this? Oh, my God. Like, not only she, does she reach out and grab the coat hanger, but she, like, she grabs it and, like, immediately, before she even has her hand back in the shower, it's, like, already, like, affixed into, like, some sort of hook device. Yeah, she bends Yeah, she's, like, elongating it. it so that she can shove it down something. You know what I'm saying? Turns out she's trying to use it to unclog the drain, but then the drain like explodes with blood, and I'm like, oh, so I guess it kind of was a coat hanger abortion. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Which is why we have not seen the Chud Baby TV show because of that exactly. Scene. I I don't understand what what happened with that scene. What the hell was it that exploded in blood everywhere? And how was she fine well, five minutes later? Cleaned well, up that's the thing. Dead. I don't think the movie understands what happened in that scene because, like you said, and this was one of those things I pointed out where to I was talking to Greg. I was like, the the scenes didn't really jive. It seemed like they filmed them out of order or something because she was acting in the next scene like nothing happened, and I'm like, dude, you were covered in blood. Your shower was covered in blood, and it was stopped up. How did you clean yourself off? What just happened? <laughs> There's no. I need to see more of that scene. <laughs> And less of this one as you're walking around answering the phone. It's very bizarre. There's a lot of people that completely disregard horrible things happening. Like, seriously, like if you saw a cannibalistic humanoid thing or stabbed in, if you were in your shower and you pressed something and got sprayed with blood, there's not a single person you would not tell in some sort of panic way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my barista at Starbucks would know exactly what happened to me. And I definitely, in the very next scene, would not be walking around just drying my hair with a towel. Like nothing Me either, happened. but that's because I have no hair. Was she trying to convey, like, in her face? Because I was kind of, like, trying to, like, I was looking for some no. indication that it happened. No, there, no. there wasn't any. I'm, I'm reaching. <laughs> there wasn't you're, any. You're definitely I'm reaching. just reaching. I'm trying to make sense There's of like... that scene and its aftermath, and there isn't any. There is no sense Ugh. to be made. Yeah. When you were watching a movie that, that has this much, like, inane lines and boredom and things like that and i actually did i enjoyed spending some time there i was actually taken by the the scene where the i think it was the cop and the photographer were like 
going trying to go into a place and the co- the photographer just like kicks the door open and the cops like well that was breaking and entering like oh i kind of like you're under arrest that was breaking and entering like is a joke but like that was like the only time that i was like okay these characters actually are in the same movie like it was kind of a fun little like aside i right, thought right 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 that no that was with um it was it was the cop and he was with daniel stern and then and like they're trying uh, to get in was, and yeah. he pulls out this like is it a knife or something out of like his jacket and starts like wiggling at the door and he gets in in like two seconds. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, yeah, that's right. And then he goes, uh, that's breaking and entering. You're, uh, you're under arrest. Is that, is that the, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That was like the lighthearted moment of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, Oh, I, I did want to, sorry. I wanted to go back to the photographer's thing. Um, did you, Having being a person that listens to a lot of uh, serial killer, like tri- true crime things, okay. um, I am one hundred percent convinced that there was actually no one that worked as a photographer in the seventies and eighties, because a majority of these serial killers actually were photographers. Really, uh, especially in New York and yeah, there's a lot of them in New York and um, and Los Angeles. So I am one. So when he said he was a photographer, my mind was like, oh, he's a serial killer. Because there, there was not a single person in the real world that was actually a photographer. They were all just serial killers. <laughs> I'm just, gonna, I'm completely convinced of it at this point. That's interesting. Oh, he's a serial killer. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Because like, yeah, there was, uh, there's quite a few that they were like, oh, he used to lure, gir- you know, girls to his house by saying he would take a picture of them for their portfolio or, you know, for their mother for Mother's Day. I'm a photographer. I'm like, you're a murderer. <laughs> Get away. Yeah. Still not entirely sure that that not all photographers are murderers. So just be aware out there that you might get murdered by a photographer. That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. I'm taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Things do not do. I keep saying things. Things do not give myself away. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if any of us, I mean, if anyone approaches us and all three of us and are like, you should be a model. Come back to my place. I want to take a picture of you. You know, That's a serial killer. Clearly, you're just trying to kill me or eat me or something. (laughs) Okay, let's go. (laughs) All right, then. I'm in. (laughs) I'd rather regret the things I have done. (laughs) Um, You saw what you believe to be another celebrity in this movie? I swear to God, there's a scene where they're in the sewer... And the previous the previous group that went in there was just absolutely slaughtered. And they come upon that group, and they find, like, a whole bunch of body parts all over the place. And they find a camera, and that's how they try to get attention out to let them know that they're still trapped in the sewer because they're about to flood it with gas. And um, they're looking around for a headset, and they show two close-up pictures of a headless uh, cameraman who's still wearing the headset. And I swear to God, the severed head looks just like Jonathan Silverman. And who and is Jonathan I told you guys, Silverman? I told you guys to keep an eye out for it to see if you thought if you thought it was in fact the case. But because I'm like, I know that face. Who is that? And I looked, and I and I started looking around for like '80s '80s stars or whatever. And I'm like, Jonathan <laughs> Silverman. That's who it was. Okay, so well, well, for the listeners, who is who is Jonathan Silverman? What is he? Uh, he was he in- was he was one of the guys in Weekend at Bernie's. Um, he's been in a lot of things, um, but he was big in the eighties and early eighties was when he got his start. And I think this may have, I think it may have been an uncredited, um, appearance, but it wasn't really an appearance by him. Well, it's, but I also saw no, no, no credit listing for the cameraman who went down. But this is probably one of those things where he was filming some other movie like nearby or something. And they were like, "Hey, will you do this for us?" Or he knew someone on the set, or you know what I mean? If if it re- well, a lot of times those kind of things. So it was yeah, it was he was actually it was actually an actor. There it wasn't like a a, a mask or anything, right? Like a I don't I don't know. Model. I mean, it it looked very realistic for it to be a modeled head for yeah, the I know the eighties. You can there are they reuse body parts. In different mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that, and occasionally you'll see stuff that it'll be like, you know, that's 
There, there was a famous one where I think it was George W. Bush, but it wasn't supposed to be a political statement. It was like they happened to have one and they needed a bunch of heads on like a pike or something. Mm-hmm. And they just grabbed a bunch of heads, not realizing where they what they were. <laughs> and someone picked it out. Nice. Um, it was, it was like one of those scenes, like a Dracula scene, where there's like a bunch of heads outside of a castle or right. something like that. But, um, That's kind so, but because they, I mean, they, all of these things, if if they're reusable and not destroyed in the movie or whatever, they just go in a big warehouse, mm-hmm. and you can tour those warehouses. Um, yeah, it was. It, it did look a little bit like if you sent the picture. Um, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have been able to make that connection had i just you know not seen it had i not been seen it before um the at this at a certain point they decide that they're going to gas the chuds in the sewer that's how they're going to kill yeah um i'm not sure if that's going to work we don't know if it worked but of course there's other people down there but who gives a shit about the other people because you know they're photographers therefore they're serial killers so we're really (laughs) just solving they're they're really just solving two problems with one gas canister um, and it, it leads to, of course, a, a fairly interesting sequence with the van being parked on top of a sewer lid that the people are trying to escape. And how did they know? Did they actually know that they were stuck under there? Like that exact sewer grate? Because the guy like immediately goes. To go to, yeah. Okay. Uh, so he, that's how he knew to get, be like, oh crap, I got to move the van. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he told them to go there, but then there was this whole big fight scene with the 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 government guy, and he's trying to kill people, and then they shoot him, and then the movie's over. And I'm like, what? If you pay attention to which way the van is facing when different things happen, it, it's the editing is wrong. Like the van is going the wrong direction towards where the people are, and then the van is a lot farther away from them as they're. The van is a lot farther away from them as they're leaving the sewer grate when it kind of comes back. It seems as if it was like 30 feet down the road. Like mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out the spacing on that and it's not right at all. Yeah. Um, it would have been better if... Right if, if... You're wrong. Classic. <laughs> no. I had no idea what it, what Chud was until like five years ago. I thought it was like underground robots or something. It's a very weirdly named movie. Uh, so, yeah, we also determined that Chud is the name for the people, but also you see the Chud, which I didn't actually finish looking up, uh, written down on, uh, like, chemical like crates or something. Uh, let's see if I can find that real quick. There's another scene. They, the first time you see it, it's in the... Uh, Con- uh, it's Contamination Hazard. Underground dis- urban disposal. So. Contamination hazard urban disposal? Urban disposal. Yes. Yep. Is that, so it really is an actual... Yeah, that's what they were calling it in the movie. Uh, that's what it was like written on the uh, cans uh, okay, and, the, okay. and the crates. And yeah. then the other big revelation that this movie has is that hitting a pothole makes your car explode. <laughs> so, so the box truck... Is chasing the the good guys. The one person takes a fantastic shot, and hits the person right through the glass, the big flat glass window, hits him right in the chest, causing him to swerve. He hits a pothole, and the car explodes like it was hit with a surface to air missile. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's just the gas being ignited by the uh, by the but sparks then, caused by that. But but yeah. then all of the gas would have ignited. It's true. And that's pretty much the end. It's weird. It's abrupt. Yeah, that that is, in fact, the end. That's the end of the movie. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. So no resolution on anything else. All right. So He's we don't dead. know if the, the thing blew up. So we don't know if the chuds were killed. Nope. We know that some of the people got out. Uh, we don't know if. Anyone's, I guess you, they wouldn't be prosecuted for killing the guy that's going to run them over. Um, and yeah, Chud, everyone. 
super chuddy. Yeah. Uh, Chud actually has a um, little bit of a following. Um, Why? Just so you can... So you can... Uh, first of all, that same year or around that year, uh, there was a lot of toxic nuclear waste conversations in movies. Mm-hmm. Right? You had... Um, Ninja Turtles came out around that time, like the the comic uh, Toxic Avenger, which we've mentioned. Even Batman had a little bit of toxic waste. And it makes sense because of Three Mile Island, uh, eventually Chernobyl. So nuclear waste was like the the boogeyman. Um, Well, yeah, they even do the nuclear. It's not exactly the same, but even like Superman 4. They get into the nuclear stuff. That's what War Games was about. Which somehow was worse than this (laughs) Superman 4. Not, Not organs. <laughs> um, there was a reference to this on The Simpsons, the episode where they go to New York, and uh, Homer references um, not hating being in New York, and because and they do like a cutaway, and he goes, and that's when the Chuds came after me, <laughs> <laughs> which probably makes sense to le- to like less than ninety nine percent of the people like. One percent of the people's like, I get that joke. That's what I I love Yay. when they do jokes like that, like that, or on Family Guy or things like that. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what makes it good. That's what makes the show so watchable. Yeah, for for a little while, Rob Zombie wanted to do a remake of this movie. Call me, I have ideas. You... <laughs> uh, and there, but there was a sequel. This movie didn't do great, but there was a sequel. Uh, it was a comedy movie, uh, Chud Two. Featuring, do you know the, Bud the you Chud? Had, yes, Bud the Chud, which was more uh, weird science or uh, Bill and Ted, where two like stoner metalheads somehow become friends with the Chud. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was really kind of where they should have gone with this one. They tried to make this a real movie and failed. Yeah, they really it, it took itself far too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And a Chud has appeared in a video game. Did you know this? No. Is it Chud the video game? <laughs> no. It was not Chud the video game. Chud the flamethrower! Is it E.T. the video game? God. <laughs> no, Chud was a playable character in Tony Hawk Underground, <laughs> where you could actually unlock a Chud, but of course they didn't want to get sued. Can you imagine getting sued over fucking Chud? Uh, or to get... You know they didn't want to pay any rights, so they you can unlock a thud, oh, which is all capitals and um, looks just like a chud. <laughs> so you can you could skateboard as a chud, which is fantastic. That's amazing, and it's funny that all you need to do to get out of having to pay them any money is just change a letter. You get <laughs> that's like that's kind of sad. I mean that's kind of unbelievable. It, I'm sorry, but they should have called it a chub. Ch- Cannibal uh, for oh in the game, yeah, oh. yeah. But everyone, would, oh, I get it. Okay. everyone would expect it to be like fat. At least a thud kind of sort of makes sense because if he falls down, but he looks actually in the video game. He looks a little bit like the leech guy from X Files. Wow, mm. haven't watched that. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, so those are some of the weird facts that I found. Oh, um, this you Omar, Mister Music, mentioned that you were, thought the soundtrack is over the top. Uh, this actually was number 35 on Rolling Stone's list of best horror soundtracks. Hey, what do I know? Really? Yeah. What do I know about music? Um, it's, all, it's all opinions anyway. <laughs> and the, the guy that made it um, really hasn't done much else other than he um, started a a synth band that sings only about Doctor Who. Okay, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> which which makes sense more than just about anything else I've ever read. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm zero percent surprised or perturbed by that. <laughs> okay, excellent. It's one of those things where it wasn't because he had nothing else to do; like he, it's because he wanted to do that. So the history, actually, some some interesting stuff happened on this day. Uh, the space shuttle Discovery had its maiden voyage the day this movie came out, which was, of course, August thirty first, nineteen eighty four. So it had been delayed for four days and it finally uh, lifted off when this movie or it was people trying to escape having to go see this movie <laughs> um, and Richard Trumka 
had his uh, – this is kind of a weird one because it's not necessarily like super historic, the thing. But he was the um, the head of the uh, mine workers union. Um, he had been – he had risen to that level a few years before, but he had his first major negotiation. And the reason why that is news is he eventually took over the, um, the AFL-CIO, which is the um, American Federation of Labor and – Congress of Industrial Organizations, and he just died about uh, about two months ago. And he was it was a big deal because he's a, he was very well liked by both the people that he was working for, and well respected by the people he was. I want to say not against, but the companies he was um, bargaining with. They always thought he was of him as being fair, and and he was. It's weird when that happens because mm-hmm. a lot of times you, union heads disappear and end up under like stadiums. Um. But this guy was was both. Yeah. Um, what do you know? Something that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But, so it was weird because I saw it, like the news. It was like Rich Trumpka. I'm like, why do I know that name? And I looked it up and it was like, oh, Richard Trumpka. And it was the same guy. So it was kind of interesting. Hmm. That's cool. So did we find any box office? I do. I did. Um, the estimated budget of this movie was 1.25 million. Okay. And it ended up grossing four point six five million. Okay, so it made its put, money back. It put some, yeah. Whoever produced it got got some cash out of it. That'll feed quite a few chuds. They don't need humans anymore. <laughs> nice. Right. Uh, what? Oh yeah. Did Did you guys figure out what other movies were out? I did. I think this one I'm going to be excited about. Depending why? on for this week, why? Red Dawn. Red Dawn was in its fourth week. Any guesses as to where it landed in the top ten? Ahead of this, <clears throat> it well, this one wasn't even in the top ten. This one debuted at number thirteen. Okay, okay but I was I was being vague because I didn't know the answer. But I'm just saying it was ahead of this, which is good. Um, I'll say four. I was going to say four as well. No, it was actually at four last week, the previous okay. week. So it dropped to six. It did not. So at number 10, (laughs) in its 16th week, we've got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. At number 9, in its 13th week, we've got Gremlins. At number 8, we've got Red Dawn in its fourth week. Okay. At number 7, we've got The Woman in Red. At number 6, we've got Revenge of the Nerds. At number five, we've got The Karate Kid in its 11th week. At number four, we've got Purple Rain. Yeah. Number three, we've got a movie that I don't even know. Bolero? Familiar with that movie? No. Mm-mm. Number three was Bolero. I feel like Antonio number Banderas two. should be in it, but other than that, I don't Yeah. Number two in its 13th week. Ghostbusters. Right. And number one in its third week is a movie called Tightrope. I don't think I know that movie either. I think that's Clint yeah. Eastwood. I think. I just yep, think... Uh, it is Clint Steve Eastwood. I just think New Orleans single dad and cop West Block goes after a serial rapist killer, but when he gets too close to the target, the hunter suddenly becomes the hunted. Yeah, I think I saw that in the theater when I was eight. <laughs> I'm totally serious. Wow. I think I saw that movie. Oh, and... Bolero starred Bo Derek. Set in the 1920s, a young woman sets out to lose her virginity. I probably saw that too. <laughs> her mission leads her to a Moroccan sheik and a Spanish bullfighter. Wow. Only in the 80s can you do a movie about a woman trying to lose her virginity. With a sheik and a bullfighter. Who looks like that and can't yeah. pull it off? I don't buy it. <laughs> I think you're... Uh... I think your movie choices when you were eight is why you're a <laughs> photographer now. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't do this. <laughs> so it's not, an, epi- it's not an episode. It's not an episode until we uh, convince Omar that he doesn't want to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't do this anymore, guys. <laughs> Every week. He was like, oh my god, you guys are killing me. Okay, sorry. Yes, I would like you, to hear the music. You interested to know what the music was? I did. Pretty please. 
At number 10, we've got If Ever You're In My Arms Again by Peebo Bryson. At number 9, we've got Huey Lewis and the News. If this is it, I want to know. We can't hear, we can't afford this song. (laughs) So we have to sing it poorly. And we can't do it for too long. We've got Prince and the Revolution with Let's Go Crazy. At number 7, I wear my sunglasses at night. Am I the only one that didn't like that song? Probably, because you're a communist. I don't think you like synth. Me? Yeah. You've complained about a lot of things that are synth, and I I love No, it's just that song. I I was probably the first person to buy, like, the Eurythmics record. (laughs) Like, (laughs) synth isn't the problem. That's a bold (laughs) statement in there, sir. Hey, I was like seven, okay? (laughs) It's like one of those weird facts that no one can ever prove, so you can just go telling it. I I had just come from watching Beverly Hills Cop with my, you know, hooker or whatever. I was seven, so I probably... So as bold as bold statements you say in like those like work meetings where they're like, let's do two two true things and one fact. Like I am the first person to ever buy the Eurythmics album. <laughs> How do you prove that that's not true? You can't suck it. <laughs> exactly. Go on. Go At on. number six, we've got Cindy Lauper with Shabop. At number five, song. Mm-hmm. At number five, we've got Prince. Another masturbation song, When Doves Cry. And <laughs> I don't think they're thinking it through. I think like, that's what? Darling, I think that's Darling yeah, Nikki, but whatever. No, that's, that's, that's the whole religious mom saying, masturbating makes doves cry. <laughs> um, do, you, do you see the reference now? Fair enough. At, at number four, we've got Ray Parker Jr. with Ghostbusters. At number three, we've got Stuck on You, Lionel Richie. Number two, Missing You, John Waite. And any guesses for number one? Last week, it was at number two. Laura Branigan. 16 weeks on the chart. Was it Laura Branigan? Was that? It's Tina Turner. The, The Thunderdome one? No. At least I don't think so. What song? What song was it? Hero is Thunderdome. What's love? Uh, okay. Yeah, it's what's love got to do with it. I was just about to say that, you son of a. That's, that makes sense for that. No, you should have been faster. <clears throat> okay. Well, we are excellent on the. We are excellent. Yes, you are right, sir. No, I was just thinking it was it's it was good good songs. Uh, we are down to our give me five question of the week, and this week I put the question out early because I did, as soon as I saw the topic of the movie. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to top this. So I, I threw it out there. I think there's consensus number one on this question. <clears throat> Probably. And the question was, what are your top five uh, underground uh, dwellers, sewer dwellers, basically? Not not just underground because we're not, we're not rocking Mole Man here. Uh, we are definitely going sewer dwellers. Because um, if it was underground dwellers, it would be those bowling ball things from DuckTales. That would be number one, if you remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alec sent me in one. It is not a voicemail this time. He actually sent it in as a text. So we'll start with that one because I'm sick of sitting here holding my phone open. Uh, Fair enough. Number five, The Reapers from Blade 2. Number four, this is is an interesting sewer dweller, The Evil Pink Slime from Ghostbusters 2. Oh, the mood slime. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Number three. Killer Croc from any number of Batman uh, stories, mm-hmm. comics, movies, etc. Number two, Pennywise, yep. the the punk band from the ninety. 90- no, it's <laughs> the the evil killer clown. And number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we'll probably hear again, and of course their cute little buddy Splinter. Yep. And I guess I can go next since I'm the one currently rambling on mine is a little bit different not too much different um number five for me i'm going alligators in general mm-hmm. but I, specifically the alligator from alligator mm-hmm. and there was an alligator in resident evil 2 the game 
that may have caused me to shit myself and lose my uh, security deposit in one of my college apartments. Because <laughs> wow, you're you walk into you walk down a sewer. There's not a lot happening. You turn a corner and a, an alligator the size of a VW bus comes out of the water, and I was like, shit. And you have to, yeah, it was hard. Um, That's what she said. Thank you. Uh, number five. That was that. Uh, number four, I'm an X-Men fan. An X-Men fan. And Oh, yeah. I used to love the Morlocks because the Morlocks, you know, the, the X-Men was always this thing that had, like, you know, all oh, these people hate the mutants, but and they were mean to the mutants. But if you actually looked at the mutants, there were all these, like, gorgeous model-type people. Like, who's going to be mean to Jean Grey or Psylocke? Or Cyclops, mm-hmm. they were like all buff and rippling, and you know. But the Morlocks were characters that were mutants, and the mutations took made them look weird and different. So mm-hmm. it was, so they are they lived in the sewers. They had a they had a lot more interesting stories because they weren't always good, they weren't always bad. They just did what they could to survive, and they were quite literally getting shit on. So Morlocks, my number four, uh, number three, Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, terrifying in B- Batman Arkham Asylum game. Uh, number two, where is my number two? Oh, number two is Pennywise, and mm-hmm. number one, good old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's Excellent. my top five. Very nice. Uh, Rob, you want to go with me? Um, doesn't matter. <clears throat> I, I think there's going to be very little variation. Maybe one or two. Um, but I can go ahead and give you sure. mine. Um, okay. at number five, I've got the gypsies from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. At number four, Stupid gypsies. <laughs> I know. At number four, I've got Killer Croc. At number three, I've got an unyet mentioned group. That's Snowball and his brood from The Life of Pets. Oh my god, I love that movie. Oh uh, yeah. I love that scene with them in that that little like half blind snake. In it's <laughs> like life of crazy pets too, big actually. fangs. Yeah, life of pets too. Uh, number two is Pennywise. Number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Bring us home, Omar. All right, number five. I had to throw the number thirty-seven. <laughs> number thirty. <laughs> <laughs> this one was actually pretty easy. Um, I thought of like three of them right off the bat. Um, number f- I put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at number five because it's got to be on there. For number four, I put the Blobs. Oh, my number one, you won't guess. And and I don't remember if we were supposed to only do movies, but oops. <clears throat> number f- four was the Blob. That was just He's a fun like movie. like that bag lady who helped me home from school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one. It was me the first year I was out of college. It was a rough time. I, I miss you, Edna. <laughs> um, number three is that thing from Species. Remember Species? With the shape-shifting HR yep, yep. looking thing. Yeah. Um, number two, I put I threw uh, Pennywise because Pennywise is awesome. Um, the, I remember reading the book back in like ninth grade or tenth grade. Um, and it, ever since then, I was you know such a great character. And number one, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Frank and Charlie, because they like to hang out in the sewers. It's the, it's the first thing. It's the first thing that I thought I thought of when I saw that question. If you're if you're an Always Sunny fan, that's like an ongoing gag. They like take their clothes off and walk around in the sewer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'll let that one slide. It's such a great he's a, there was always someone that has an alternative list. And there it is. Such a great show. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Well, uh, that takes us out um, of here. And uh, someone talk about patrons and uh, give some contact information. Well, if you are interested in becoming a patron of the Give Me Five podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast and for just five dollars a month you can you can get an invite to our discord chat you get early access to the movie that we'll be reviewing you get early access to the top five list and you get to submit your own top five list 
You'll also get a birthday episode where we do a custom top five list about you. And also there are higher ranges where you get access to things like show notes. Uh, you get to curate an episode and you get to come on and host an episode with us. Um, if you want to contact us, <clears throat> you can jump on GiveMe5Podcast.com. We are also on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter at GiveMe5Pod. Um, if you want to email Greg for whatever reason, and I encourage you to email him, let's say five times a day this week. Uh, give me five podcast at gmail.com. And that's always the number five spelled out F I V E, not the actual number five. I don't, I don't know where that'll take you. Please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are using. Um, and if you want some cool swag, give me five podcast.threadless.com where you can get a whole bunch of very cool stuff designed by these two numbskulls. And thank you for listening. And remember, guys, we want you to give us five. To a time we're winners in the end.